0: Just another F word. I'm Ellie. And I'm Ella. And this is our fourth episode. Our fourth episode Christmas special. Woo! It is the night before Christmas. And all through the house,
1: not a creature was stirring. Only two feminists who are sitting in my lounge.
0: Oh, look at that! Oh, my!
1: Ali, oh, the poet, a... and I didn't know it. Oh, <laughs> stop,
0: stop! That actually was freestyle. Yeah, I liked it. Let's
1: let's keep that and don't edit that one out. I won't. Yes. How are you feeling about Christmas, Ali? I am feeling good. So we have a full house here in my fuddy at the moment. So if you hear a wee uh, baba crying, it's my little nephew Murphy. So he's Smurf. staying. Yes, yeah, Smurficles. So he's staying at the moment so my younger sister's up, my parents are here my partner's here. I mean, I tried to kick him out, so it was just us. But I'm you going know, to stay. We've got the cat, the dog. It
0: is very full house at the moment. It's exciting, though. It's the, oh, I one love of it. the big things about Christmas, isn't it? Wow. Well, and also, I think we should probably say that we're incredibly lucky yes. to be in New Zealand and be able to yeah. have a Christmas like that. And that's the thing. A lot of you, especially
1: over the, all whoever or wherever you're listening to this, all around the world, may not be as privileged as we. Are to be able to have Fano uh, come round for Christmas, especially in the UK, with what's going on. So yeah. we just really acknowledge that um, this Christmas may be really different and really strange, and it can be a bit of a hard time. So
0: for sure, yeah. and like for me, it's kind of funny as well because yeah. being like really far away, over the side of the world, not having um, my family here, but then yeah. I've been welcomed in. Yeah, by, welcome by to the you. Cope Fano. Um, but cope yeah, but it's oats. also weird because I have not got my head around a like, warm Christmas. So it does not oh, feel like Christmas. It's like yeah. summertime and I'm like, what? Nah, I can't. It's difficult. Yeah, Although, it's been weird yeah. too, the
1: lead up to Christmas. Like, I remember thinking like last week, I was going oh yeah, no, we've got heaps of time, blah di da da and then I'm like, ah, oh, shit. It's,
0: oh, it's come around nice. so quick. I think the other thing as well with Christmas is that it can be difficult um for people even being around family Mm because there's a lot of pressure on what christmas should be and kind of like there's all these ideas as to what it is how you should be with the
1: whanau how Mm -hmm. you act you know there's always
0: that stereotype that when you go to christmas that you
1: have to kiss everyone there hug everyone there not like make out kiss but like kiss someone when you go invite them and you're like oh hi nana yeah kiss hi creepy uncle kiss Mm. it's just it's a bit weird it is And there's a lot of pressure around it. And then there's a lot of pressure too that around with social media that everyone does that stereotypical post on Christmas, you know, Merry Christmas from the blah, 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 blah. And like you look at that and if that is not how you find Christmas or if that's not how you are find with celebrating it, Mm -hmm. you're just going, well, that's fucking shit. And you Mm -hmm. just feel so isolated and lonely and it's a really tough time of Mm -hmm. year. So we
0: really want to acknowledge that as well. And for all the people that actually don't celebrate Christmas and they're just like, yeah, you know. Another time. Another time. And then I think also for people that maybe if they're not out to their family Mm -hmm. um, or, yeah, maybe they've got certain beliefs around things and they don't feel like they can really voice them, they feel quite isolated, it can be a real kind of hard time. And that is pretty much what this podcast episode is going to be about.
1: Yes. So this podcast
0: episode is called
1: How to Deal with Your Racist Nana and Your Creepy Uncle. So what we really acknowledge here is um, that... There are going to be some really difficult people, whether it's whanau, whether it's friends that you're celebrating Christmas with. And what we need to talk about and learn around is our boundaries and how we're going to keep ourselves safe during the
0: Christmas time. Totally. Because especially if you but are really passionate about certain things and you've got really strong beliefs, like, and especially if you speak out about them. Feminism. Yeah, feminism, anti-racism, all of these kind of... Ethical porn. Ethical porn. We've had some good conversations around that at our work Christmas parties. (laughs) Um, Whatever it is that you are passionate about and you're standing up for and you're talking about, it does sometimes... It can potentially put you in a position which can be difficult.
1: Or even just living your authentic life. So if you are um, unable to come out to your whānau because... um, you just don't feel safe to doing it when you go around and celebrate Christmas or you're there and people ask about your life you then feel like you've got this veil over you you're Mm -hmm. not able to be who you actually want to be and it's really really difficult and so um it's just a fucking shit time sometimes
0: it is it can be really really hard and again like we were talking about how there's so so much pressure so it's about I guess I guess it's preparing yourself and also not having loads of guilt like if you it's thinking about yeah can I challenge this is Mm -hmm. it safe for me to do that how can I set up really good boundaries and actually they're really really important things and to not kind of feel guilty about it or feel the burden of like I think it's really important that we call stuff out Yeah, it is really important but it's also about recognising sometimes it's about picking your battles and when and you know figuring out how to do it safely because it's not always safe
1: to call things out like I mean I joke with my dad frequently that he's a coloniser He is from London, he moved to Australia... He then married my mum, who's Māori. And I, as I'm on my own journey of Te Ao Māori, will constantly call my dad a coloniser. Um, How does that go down with your dad? Look, um, if I've said it five times in a row, not great. But the first <laughs> time, I'm really lucky in the way that I challenge people. Because of my personality, I'm able to challenge people and um, spin it off in a joke as well. Mm. So that um, I feel safe when I'm challenging them because mm. I'm like, ha. <laughs> And then they're also going, kind of going. I don't know if this is a joke or if this is real. And then hopefully that what that means is that later on they get to kind of consider it and think about it for a little bit longer.
0: You kind of invite them into the conversation mm-hmm. in a kind of softer way, yeah. Which is quite, it's quite cool. It's quite, it's probably quite a good technique in terms of like, like someone, challenging. yeah, uh huh, mm-hmm. uh huh, because it's kind of just helps maybe the humor kind of yeah.
1: And it's difficult it as down. well when you're young when you're young and you're a wahine. Mm when you challenge anything you're challenging um people then go um you're not being respectful to your elders they'll Mm. say that um oh you're too intimidating you're too bossy all Mm. these things that we kind of outlined that we we as feminists get told all the time anyway and we talked about this in the first episode yeah when it comes to christmas and you're around all your whanau or you're around all these friends or even even if it's like friends of Fano and you start having these conversations once again you're being ch- you're being too much mm-hmm. and then because you're too much people don't want to engage and then it feels really shitty and then it's just it's, it can be a really difficult time
0: totally and
1: so what we have to do is sometimes pick our battles mm-hmm. on when we do challenge and how we challenge
0: and is it safe to challenge yeah and that's almost where kind of the boundaries come into it as well mm. and why it's really important to establish those and keep quite firm on those Mm. what are boundaries you tell me boundaries I love that sit you up on that chuck it back at me um boundaries are things that we put in place to um help us or to make us feel safe Mm -hmm. um and they can be potentially Physical boundaries, like that's kind of an obvious one that you kind of think about, um, like a fence on a farm. Yeah, uh huh. Like a physical boundary, and then um, they can also be emotional boundaries. So that could be, um, cert- maybe certain kinds of conversations, mm-hmm. maybe the ways in which you communicate with certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's in order to try and you set. Sa- they're there to keep you safe, and it's about centering your needs, um, in those relationships that you might have with other people.
1: So a really good boundary that, um a lot of people are looking at doing at the moment is um, turning off the notifications for social media on their phones, right? Mm. So one of the boundaries that I did, because I was noticing that I was always checking them when I was at work, was I turned off those notifications so that actually when I'm at work, I'm at work. And then I actually physically have to go into the app to be able to see if any messages have come up.
0: Yeah. You can also maybe do that nighttime and that kind of Mm. thing as well, if you want to just have a bit of space from social media. That's yeah. a good example. Or just a space from people. So at Christmas time, mm. it can become really important to have those boundaries, particularly depending, like maybe you've got certain family members mm-hmm. that you have maybe difficult relationships with yep. or friends or potentially there's certain topics that are likely to come mm. up or certain things that happen. And it can be really, really important to have your boundaries, know what they are and to feel able to be able to um, maintain them, mm-hmm. um, particularly with people that might, push them um and might intentionally do that so Christmas can be a hard time for that and what
1: we know as well is that people aren't always going to be able to respect or understand your boundaries so Mm. we put a boundary in place to keep ourselves safe and people who do not have boundaries are always going to try and breach your boundaries, they're going to try and provoke it, they're trying to break it because they don't understand why you need this Mm -hmm. and um, so it's really important that once you have created a boundary that works and fits well for you, that you have confidence in that boundary and you know that that boundary is perfect for you and it is doing the purpose that you need it to keep you safe
0: Definitely and to not have that guilt Mm -hmm. I think particularly um, as women Mm -hmm. we can kind of feel like we have to say yes to certain things or mm-hmm. think we need to agree but actually and therefore if you don't that you kind of feel like you're being selfish actually mm-hmm. it's really really important that you center mm-hmm. um, your needs around certain things mm-hmm. and don't feel guilty about it no it's not selfish to be selfless mm. so you know you need to actually take some time to look after yourself definitely A good example I think for Christmas time
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's run through a scenario a hypothetical scenario which I'm sure lots of people can relate to and then think about how you can set boundaries and how you can maybe mm. challenge, um, or you know, come like deal with that particular thing that happens.
1: Yeah. So let's you know, Huddy My, welcome racist nana to the Christmas oh. party. Um, I think we all have someone in Alfano um, who may be racist, whether it's a nana a grandpa, um, an uncle, an aunt, or just your... Mum and dad. Mum and dad. There is there is someone who is um, racist. Yeah. And it's really hard because a lot of the time they'll be saying things around immigrants or um, especially prominent here in New Zealand, comments about Māori. Uh-huh. Yay! Um, and so what we want to talk about is what can you do in that situation?
0: Yeah, so you've got, I guess you've got a few different mm-hmm. options as to how you deal with it. And it really, again, this depends on obviously your relationship with that person and where you are in the setting and kind of what's going on and what's been said. But Because different people will deal with different scenarios definitely differently.
1: Like you and I will probably approach this, this scenario especially very differently.
0: Yeah, so one way is that you could engage with what they're saying and try and challenge it Mm -hmm. um and there could be a number of different ways so like personally probably I tend to if I'm going to challenge something um I well I generally read quite a lot and Mm -hmm. kind of can retain like information like that so I'll tend to try and challenge yeah basically a nerd (laughs) um I will try and challenge by having like a conversation and like question where their views come from Mm -hmm. and like that kind of thing um so you're engaging with what they're saying and you're trying to challenge it by opening up and having that conversation Mm -hmm. Whereas I'll probably challenge with
1: humor. Yeah. That would be me. I'd be like, oh, Nana, probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh, that's Ellie. And it's for me, that's a safer way to challenge mm. because I've not always been confident in being able to challenge because I, as a woman, you're often, and as a woman of color, mm. you're often met with comments like, um, oh, you're too opinionated, you're too much, you're too um, loud, you're too um, intimidating, you're too angry. Mm. And so um, when you challenge, when I challenge with humour, um, I hope that most of the time is that afterwards people go away going, okay, oh, where was that coming from kind of thing, yeah. and questioning it a little bit. Yeah, totally.
0: And so that works well with someone if you think that they – might be willing to engage in the conversation yeah. and that they are open to having maybe having a discussion and new ideas and also you're feeling like you've got the energy mm-hmm. um, to be able to kind of enter into that conversation. Because it is a lot of energy, right? It is, totally.
1: And um, and I guess like a really good segue off that, and it's a little bit of a bi-segue, is that um, when you're a person of colour, and again, I totally acknowledge that I'm white passing, but when you're a person of colour, we're often met a lot from... Um, from white people asking us to give them information about why something's racist or why something looks a certain way or why Mm. you do this protocol this way. And I guess it's to really acknowledge that actually it is not that person of color or that BIPOC to, um, it is not their responsibility to educate you. And Uh if you are continuously asking them questions, then you should fucking pay them. Mm. You are paying them for their time Uh and their information. And it is not okay to continually ask it because you have the same and you can put that, um, questions and those energies into asking Auntie Google, mm-hmm. looking into some books, reading what is that, instead of going to your token person of colour to mm-hmm. ask them those questions.
0: Totally. And potentially, I think that's such such a good mm. point, Ellie, and like, potentially, your challenging could be like, go and look at Auntie Google and ask that question. Yeah. And like, that is you kind yeah. of not, yeah, not wasting mm. your time and energy, because that person's trying to take that from you, and yeah. yet they're not actually, like you said, paying you or... No appreciating and yeah, actually of just... There times yeah. that I've
1: got it, and I'm on my own junior of Te and mm. so when someone asks me something, I'm like, oh, A, I don't fully know, and B, it's not my responsibility to educate you. Totally. So don't. I guess another way that... Um, and. What we're doing is we're giving you examples. Not everything is um, what you should do or what you shouldn't do. It's just things for you to ponder over because another way that you can deal with um, racist Nana um, is you can engage and not challenge at all because sometimes it's actually not safe. So mm-hmm. you can engage in the fact that Nana goes, oh, blah, 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 all Māori do, blah, blah, blah. And you could just be like, oh, okay, that's an interesting point. Mm. And then... move on yeah you know because actually you could have had experiences with someone else in your whanau or you've challenged anna before and then it's turned into this huge thing and so Mm -hmm. sometimes the safest way for you to put a boundary in is your boundary is actually you're just not going to engage with that totally or
0: not challenge that another way could be to to kind of challenge but without going Mm. into huge amounts of detail so it could just be by saying something like that's actually not okay to say that or I don't agree with what you're saying, but I don't want to have this conversation conversation right now. It could be like, I don't want to have this conversation right now and changing it. And that's actually okay. Again, it's, it's appreciating you're not you're not giving valid like you're not validating what that person said and you've made it clear that you don't agree with them you don't need to enter into this debate debate particularly if it's going to impact upon your own well-being and particularly if you are doing a lot of this stuff all of the time like you also need a break and you also do need to take some time so that can be a way of doing it as well and that's something that ella and i do a bit too as well is
1: that you know in the world that we work in we're often challenging people Um, Whether it be systems, whether it be um, people in certain um, statuses, um, whether it just be fucking men. Mm. And so we are often challenging. So when we come to a family function or a work function or something like this, we don't want to have to continue to challenge. And so sometimes that's what we do is to go, oh, this is actually not the conversation I want to engage with, so I'm going to go.
0: Yeah, totally. Sometimes you just get a vibe off someone and you're Mm. like, actually, I'm not going to go there with you because (laughs) it's not going to be worth my time time or energy and um, I do this all the time so yeah,
1: yeah. And, and like uh, the last kind of um, example of a way that you can deal with someone who's um, you know racist Nana at Christmas it's sometimes is we just don't engage mm-hmm. sometimes you can see that Nana's there and you go actually today I'm just not going to go talk to her yeah or And another um, example of that is maybe you don't go. If you know that um, your whānau or the place that you're going is hugely racist and you have that opportunity, you can sometimes just say, actually, you know, for me,
0: I'm not going to do Christmas. I'm with you guys. I've got this other plan. Absolutely. And that's what you can do as well. Definitely. And that's Mm -hmm. a real big thing about not holding the kind of guilt and the pressure that's put on you by other people. if it's society. Yeah, exactly. If it's not... If it's not right for you, Mm -hmm. then that's okay. And you need to put yourself first. You do, for sure. Okay, I'm going to give us another second example of what potentially could happen and how are we going to think about our boundaries and how are we going to call this out. At a normal
1: Christmas Mm -hmm. event. Give me an example.
0: So, at your Christmas event, there is that creepy guy, uncle, family friend, whoever who is there and is general creep. Ugh. And what do we do?
1: How do we deal with this? Oh, okay. So how do we deal with it?
0: So maybe they're too touchy. Something Ugh. like that,
1: you know? So like the dude from Bridget Jones Diary that always grabs her ass. Mm. Yeah. so sexual assault. And sexual assault. So the first thing that you should, if you can do, if you're a bystander and you're the person who's seeing this, is call it out. go up to that fucker and go actually that's totally inappropriate what you're doing Mm -hmm. I don't agree with this Mm -hmm. again this is only if you feel safe and comfortable to do Mm -hmm. it so for me that'd be probably something that I'd do I'd be like Mm -hmm. that's fucking inappropriate Mm -hmm. man get the fuck out
0: it's so important with bystanders Mm because so many people will see something happening and Mm -hmm. they actually might feel uncomfortable but they don't do anything about it Mm -hmm. and they maybe brush it off or just think like oh no no, maybe I just yeah someone else will deal with it but actually it's really important um, for the people that experiencing it to also see that there are people supporting them so it could be by going up and checking up on that person to make mm-hmm. sure that they're okay and then also asking them what would they like to happen yeah exactly. with that situation moving forward like it's how can to they, what they want, yeah, yeah and then potentially you go and confront that person or have mm-hmm. a quiet word with them or whatever you want to do yeah um but yeah be an active bystander
1: it's interesting um the by bi- there's a thing called the bystander effect mm. and um i started at uni And there was this woman, and I'm pretty sure her name was Ruth, and she was in an apartment block. And she um, ended up being attacked by a man and being murdered. And um, what happened for the next couple of hours is that actually a lot of people in the apartment block heard her screaming for help Mm -hmm. and wanting to be helped. And and yeah, like I said, fundamentally she got murdered in the end. And um, when the community was being interviewed, what they were saying is that, everyone basically said oh the reason I didn't call the police was because I thought someone else would have or someone was going to do it or obviously someone else had already done it and so that is kind of what the bystander effect is. And we can see that at Christmas parties when people talk about it because they'll say, oh, no, we're not going to say anything because, oh, someone else would have said something yeah. to a creepy uncle so-and-so. Yeah. Or someone else would have said something to the creepy guy going, hey, that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. But because we're always expecting the other person to do it, yeah. that often means no one has done it.
0: Or even just like laughing along, you oh, know, to like you. a stupid joke that's made and you just yeah. like laugh and actually like that has quite an impact on the mm-hmm. people that – are being oppressed by that joke because Mm -hmm. all they see is people laughing at it and that Mm -hmm. kind of reinforces it and you might think oh well I didn't say it Mm -hmm. but actually by by not in any way challenging it it, you can end up being yeah yeah end up supporting it um I would say something and this is something if you feel like up for it Mm -hmm. so say it's you that has had that experience with Mm -hmm. creepy uncle um maybe you can just confront them Straight Mm -hmm. up if you feel like you can and be like, hey, that's actually not okay. This Mm -hmm. is my body and I do not like what you've just done. Um, and that, but I mean, that's really, really hard. Oh, but if so you can, then do it. friggin' because you, it, you are absolutely oh, allowed to, to and entitled to do it. And sometimes we feel like we can't, but you yeah. absolutely can. Because sometimes we worry that we're going to ruin Christmas. Oh yeah. If we make yeah, a big yeah. deal about this, yeah. but
1: actually, do you know what's ruining Christmas? That person. That fucking yep. creeper. Exactly. You're ruining Christmas because you're making it a fucking awful um, memory for you to have. Mm-hmm. Another way that you could do it is that if you don't feel like you can confront him. Why don't you confront the host and mm. be like, hey, maybe it's mum, maybe it's yeah. auntie, maybe it's that weirdo friend that of your mum that you have to go to mm. their weird dinner party and go, hey Susie, I don't really particularly like this. Um, did you know that he's done this? And it's actually happened a few times and having that conversation there because yeah. actually it's so important because maybe that's never happened to her. She doesn't understand or if
0: she does, then challenge. Why is it still okay? And often you'll find that there'll be a bunch of people that'll uh-huh. be like, "Oh yeah, I knew he like he is." Like mm-hmm. I've had that happen before as well. Like mm-hmm. I've got that sense, you know. And we just don't talk about it because there's so much shame and yep. guilt and stuff. And we put that responsibility mm-hmm. on women again back on women. Following on from our episode last week, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing I would say as well that kind of ties this all together is that if a woman comes and tells you um, about a particular person that Mm -hmm. they feel... Well, they're like, mm, they're a bit creepy. I have this feeling this particular thing's happened to me. Mm-hmm. Believe them, a hundred percent. I've definitely had situations where I have gone and tried to tell someone that I'm close to about someone else, mm-hmm. and I was like, hmm I got a really weird feeling, absolute mm-hmm. creep. They were just leering or they were being there for too long, and that person's just been like, Nah, you're overthinking it, you know, blah blah blah. But actually, we've got like, we, your creepy radar is like yeah. ding ding
1: ding ding ding, like it's absolutely it's going off. intuition. Totally, exactly. And we talked about intuition last week, and we're going to talk about it today, and we going to talk about it in like seven episodes Mm -hmm. because it's so fucking important to listen to our intuition um and i guess something that like these are a few brief examples of what we can do but what's really really vital is that when we have things like christmas coming up or these events coming up it's almost coming up with like a self-care kind of plan so i know for me is that i'm hosting christmas this year it's going to be fucking manic i know i'm going to be exhausted because i also am someone who just Um, picks up on energies and I've got everyone's energy in my fuddy, and it's just going to be really tiring for me and so what I know that I will do is I will make sure that my self care plan is that I have moments where I just check out that I might just go sit in my room mm-hmm. and maybe I'll watch an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine or mm-hmm. just spend a little bit of time that it's literally just me with no one around because we're allowed to and sometimes what we need to do is family don't understand that mm-hmm. and family like well why don't you want to spend time with us and they get really butt hurt. it's to remember that that's their stuff mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with what you're doing because you've created a firm boundary of what your needs are
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's making that decision of going. actually I'm going to go do what's best for me and what mm-hmm. I need to do right now
0: definitely it's keeping yourself safe Mm -hmm. and like you said maybe it's that taking some time out maybe it's just planning like a walk or something with maybe even by yourself or with one family (coughs) member or some sorry oh no
1: I choked on a seed sorry yes go again yeah
0: it's fine Maybe it's taking some time to go for a walk mm-hmm. with like another family member or by yourself or mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, to have that space away and to yeah to allow yourself to have that bit of self care or yeah. do something, plan something that's for you. Even if it's a lie, maybe because I guess yeah. again it's that thing that family are
1: like so butt hurt that you don't want to spend their whole time with them. No, I don't want to spend my whole time. I've just spent like three hours with you doing a drinking game whilst playing darts. No, <laughs> and I've just cooked like a. Fun- Five, like, meal, what are they called? Five, what are they called? Five something.
0: I don't know. Five
1: course. Five course meal. (gasps) I don't want to do all this. And so I often say, I've just, I said I was going to call my friend.
0: Yeah. And then I'll go sit in my room and be like, no friends. I'm just going to chill, have some time out, and that is absolutely okay. And particularly if you have, maybe you do have these difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you have had to call someone out, Mm
1: -hmm. just
0: give yourself a little bit of time yeah, you know definitely. and just give yourself some space and um and recognize that all of this stuff requires lots of energy yeah. and you're you're allowed to replenish that as yeah. well and
1: check in with your family and friends especially those ones that you know who do have these difficult um events coming up if you've got a fano member or a friend who you know is going to be like going holy shit I'm going to have to deal with this creeper again make the effort to just give them a call because we are told by social media that everyone is having this perfect Christmas it's not going to fucking happen I'm expected that I'm probably going to burn (laughs) the ham tomorrow so stay tuned for our see you next Thursday update next week about what I've done (laughs) so it's you know it's just be aware that actually the perfect Christmas does not exist And we are allowed to create and have a Christmas however we want it to look like. And so these expectations that we see from celebrities and social media and movies and Hollywood is not what will happen. And that's totally fine. It's just about spending time with your loved ones and hopefully having a...
0: If you can. If you can.
1: And if not, spending time with yourself because you should be your own loved one as well. this is a part of the podcast called see you next thursday where we have a rant or a rave from the past week i guess Mm -hmm. about things that have come up and um today we have
0: a joint rant we do have a joint rant it's been something that we've been having a conversation about all week and it feels really important to bring that conversation here
1: yeah and i guess what we're going to have a chat about for um is the um, online controversy betr- between um, Chidera um, Eggeru and Florence Given, who yeah. are two um, Wahini who work in the feminist movement?
0: Yeah, so they're both author authors, um, mm-hmm. British authors, and um, Chidera has written the book two books she's written Mm. what a time to be alone which came out a couple of years ago and then she's also written how to get over a boy florence given has written women don't owe you pretty which came out recently this year Mm. and um has been really vocal online um particularly on her instagram yeah and she's been talking about how um florence's book that there's loads of similarities um Mm. to her own book and kind of amalgamation of a lot of the ideas that she's got and it's similar in terms of the kinds of things they're talking about but also like the illustration style and the kinds of like the way the book that is set out and all of those things like both books are hard covers both books have got pops of colour through it, Um,
1: both books are talking obviously around um, feminism and what it is to be a woman Um, and I guess the difference between Florence and Chidera is that Chidera is a, a woman of colour in Florence is a white woman
0: yeah and that's a big thing I think that Chidra is talking about Mm so she's talking about how black women have um, well she's done and they've done this first Mm -hmm. and essentially that there is no recognition mm-hmm. um, for the work of Black women, and yeah. yet Florence has benefited hugely in terms of like financially and also publicly and mm. her kind of um, her profile on social media. Um, but actually, it's coming off the back of the work of Black women yeah. without the proper recognition. Because both women
1: uh, or Wahine are uh, were represented by the same mm. um, publicist or same um, same agency, I think agency. management agency, yeah, and um, they both had the same person who does the bookie part stuff. I don't know what they're <laughs> called, but they both had the same ones. And it's just – and Chidera points it out really clearly – it is just a bit bizarre yeah. that um, no one called out the fact that they were so similar um, and why haven't they called out the part? And why is it – like I think one of the really interesting things that Chidera um, has been posting about is that also her book, if you search her name and her book – Florence's book comes first. And Mm -hmm. that's the conversations that we're having is that um, black women do it first and that white women are getting that recognition off it.
0: Exactly. I think even if you Google search like black feminist books, Mm -hmm. Florence given book, book comes higher than Tadira's. And essentially Tadira kind of points out that this is an example of Mm -hmm. white supremacy and that buyers are automatically more likely to go to the white um, woman's book because historically whiteness is associated with more truth over blackness and that's something that Chidira has really been talking about Um, and I think what's been really pretty interesting about how it's all kind of played Mm. out is that Chidira has just tackled so many different issues in what she's been saying um, but has really come up with a lot of I mean it's not really a surprise but a lot of kind of I guess hate. Yeah, she's thinking yeah. for being an, for being angry
1: like she rightfully should. But it's the, but that's a that's the thing that she'll be called. Yeah. As a woman of color as a black woman she has stood up for her rights, her belief, the fact that this shit is not okay, that her book is not getting the recognition it fucking deserves, that there is this um, plagiarism mm. of uh, of her book. And because she is standing up and calling people, calling Florence out and calling Mm. this agency out, she is then being labelled and targeted as an angry black woman. Mm -hmm. And that is such a fucking common theme that if you are a woman of colour, especially if you're a black woman and you start challenging these norms that are not okay and standing up for your right and using your voice, you then start being called labelled angry or aggressive when actually is actually you're just whereas if a man said that or a white woman said that yeah. she would be they would be saying oh well she's being assertive or he's being assertive he's standing in his power, she's fighting for her rights, she is allowed to do this, and there is just that double standard that Shadira is um, having the backlash of, even though she fucking rightfully shot so should be fighting for her book.
0: Totally, it's an example of white supremacy, and mm-hmm. it's an example of how uh, black women's ideas are really essentially like providing wealth mm. for white people who then benefit off the back but yeah don't credit yeah um and, and when they... they do credit because mm. i guess that's the thing that florence has said in her
1: statement is that um she has credited black woman and that her credit is on a page of her acknowledgements in her book and i remember when i looked at that acknowledgement page recently i just felt like it was really tokenistic yeah. like it wasn't um you can tell from the wider that it wasn't a genuine mm. um this is what's happened I'm acknowledging the mahi that these wahine have put in place first. It's just kind of going, oh, without these people, I wouldn't have known the stuff, and I yeah. wouldn't have blah, 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 blah. And it was such tokenistic. It was, it was just so tokenistic.
0: And I think what's interesting as well about all of this, and something that's been interesting for us, mm. is that we kind of, well, I initially came across a book, and then I... Mm. Um, it over to Ellie to have a read mm. of like Florence Givens' book. Sorry, so I initially came Which is across women don't are women you don't pretty. pretty. Yeah, so I came across that one, sent it over to Ellie, and it was actually Ellie that picked up on something that first kind of made us think, like, or made you think, I and mean, then mm. you told me about it um, about something that didn't really didn't sit right.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting because so this book was. um was meant to be about like empowering women and feminism and around how we don't owe men to be beautiful and all this kind of stuff and then in the first within the first couple of pages I already started getting a really weird feeling about the way that this uh, about how Florence was writing this book and um and there's a comment that she wrote about how she says, um, "I can't tell you the amount of times that I've contemplated shaving my head to get rid of male attention and sexual harassment almost entirely overnight." And I remember reading that comment going, "So what you're saying is that if you didn't if you didn't fit a certain standard of beauty that is in your ideals of beauty, that then men would no longer find you attractive
0: and no longer
1: harass you and and what we know and is what we advocate on day in day out is that men will harass women whoever wherever because that is what Um, abusive men are doing Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter how you look but the way that Florence had written this is she obviously wrote from a a, other place of privilege Mm -hmm. and when I started reading it I I became really uncomfortable because there was a lot of comments around what pretty was like but it wasn't the pretty that it isn't it isn't pretty you know Mm -hmm. it is a standard societal idea of what beauty standards are Mm -hmm. and it it just felt really like almost like fat phobic and um, racist and that there was only a certain type of um, beautiful that Florence could see, mm. and it just really made me uncomfortable. And so then I started talking to her. I was so nervous talking to Ella about it because I thought maybe it was just me and my feelings feeling like, Oh, she said this, and and mm. therefore that's not okay because I feel like this. But when we had this conversation, mm. and we started reading a little bit more and finding out a bit more about who Florence is and and the way that Florence has lived her life, it became to more puzzles
0: kind of clicked in place. Yeah, totally, and it was really cool that you flipped that over to me and we had that kind of conversation, um, and picked up on those things. But yeah, it was just um mm. yeah. So I haven't been able to finish the book. So, so what Not happened fast. was when yeah. I started reading those
1: comments, I messaged Ella and I was like, "Oh, I don't really like that. I don't feel comfortable with it." Um, and then I stopped reading the book mm-hmm. because I was like, "Actually, if this is the, if if this is in the opening couple of pages, yeah. what is the rest of this book going to be about?" And the uh, the hard thing is, is that this book has come out and a lot of people that we know have read it and are saying it's amazing and it's life changing. But if you are already in the first couple of pages saying something mm. about a certain standard of beauty, then we already know that it's Yeah. There are gonna be some things that are um uh what's the word? It's there are gonna be some conflicting views that mm. are gonna come in the book. And I guess what I find finally really interesting about all of this is women don't owe you pretty as a title was first written in, in Chidera's book.
0: book. Totally. There's so many things that you're like, ah, shit. Like, it just, mm. it's so clear. Yeah. And yet there's all this denial and then this kind of, like, tokenistic kind of like, yeah. oh, no, I did, you know, I really admire you and yeah. all of this stuff. And it's real. And underlying it all yeah. is these same systems, which yeah, in Florence's book she's talking about. I think the one thing is, like, it does cover, in Florence, like it does talk quite a lot about um being queer and being... Mm-hmm. Um, bisexual and stuff like that which is stuff which Chidera says that she doesn't cover so much mm-hmm. but there's still just huge overlaps in the whole it's style of the things. book and things and ultimately like it just f- feels icky yeah totally Um, so we have so what what we're gonna do (laughs) because i guess
1: the thing is is that we can bring this around here and be like and the hard thing is is that we can have a rant and everyone is like this what do we do then what can we do um buy Tadeira's book (laughs) exactly and that's what we've done so we bought both her books we're getting them shipped to new zealand because it's so important to um to support Chidera with what she's doing. It mm-hmm. is so fucking important. But it's also what we've done is that I mentioned my concerns around um, Florence's book to a friend and she has now suggested that I talk to another friend who um, have a close relationship with the um, woman's book shop in Auckland and about taking that book out. So what the hope is is to have this conversation so that um, the book is no longer available in this woman's bookshelf because mm-hmm. if you are not going to be supporting um, women of colour then why the fuck are we yeah totally Well, if you're going to fucking steal shit <laughs> you don't deserve
0: again, you to don't get deserve money you don't deserve your
1: book In the women's bookshop in Auckland.
0: You don't deserve to get money from it. No, because Mm -hmm. you've stolen so many other
1: things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's just one of those really fucking awful conversations. But what you can do is um, check Chadera out. Um, Her Instagram handle is the sunflower. Yeah, she's She's got got some awesome stuff. She's got great shit up there. You know, follow her on there. Um, Look into her book. It's such, it's so incredible and looks so good. And I cannot wait to read it. And just remember, if things have triggered you today or you're worried about something you, a friend or a whānau member is experiencing, please reach out to Women's Refuge on 0800 733 843 and follow the instructions to find your local refuge.
0: You can also call Lifeline on 0800 543 354 or you can text 1737 to access free counselling here in New Zealand.
1: And for all our friends and whānau outside of New Zealand, let us know where you are. So that way we can
0: help support you in accessing the right services for you. Our email address and all our socials are linked in our podcast bio, so go check them out, give us a follow, and feel free to DM us. And just remember to fuck the patriarchy. And see you next Thursday.